We all want more freedom, and a lot of us work hard now in the hope we'll feel free later. What if there was another way? A way to feel happier, more free, and confident to get better results right now. Welcome to Your Freedom Unlimited, where we share practical stories and strategies to help you show up authentically, drop your fears, and take inspired action on what matters most to you. I'm your host, Jen Ramsey. As a coach with a love for metaphysics, science, spirituality, and strategies that get results, I'll help you step away from self-doubt and create a powerful new story for your life, business, or career. Join me. Grief, how do we navigate it? And how do we navigate grief consciously? What does that look like and how do you do it? Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Your Freedom Unlimited with me, Jen Ramsey. I'm so pleased you're here. This week we're talking about a topic that people don't often like to talk about and one I've never covered here on Your Freedom Unlimited because it's such a tough one and that topic is grief. The reason that I'm talking about grief today is from my own recent experience of losing my dearest father, who I'm very close to. I need to be really clear here, I'm not a grief counsellor or expert, but I felt it would be really valuable to share what I've been experiencing and also how I'm mapping this experience of my own grief against the philosophy that I've often shared with you here on Your Freedom Unlimited, that, that philosophy about choosing your own story managing your emotional frequency and being as accepting and allowing as possible. So what does it mean to consciously navigate the grief journey? Well, what I've realized is, is this journey of grief is of course a process that all of us must go through. There's, there's no way of getting out of it and there's certainly no way of getting around it, up it or over it. And I have to say I'm still very much inside the process but what I have realized as I've moved from that really acute stage of grief into, um, I guess, the next stage, whatever that's called, that the way we navigate, navigate this journey really is a choice. And I guess that's what I mean when I'm speaking about navigating my grief consciously. What I, from my perspective, is that I see this as an opportunity to be conscious in this process rather than dropping into a conditioned or pre-programmed response of how things should be or feeling a victim to it. There's a lot of literature out there about grief. I've heard people speak about how others have approached them about how to deal with their grief. And I guess what I'm wanting to say here is that I think we all still have a choice in how we navigate our grief journey. And let me be really, really clear right now. I'm not saying I have got all of this sorted or I have, or I have all of the answers. I absolutely do not. But what I felt was that well, while I was inside this experience, it was probably a good time and a good idea to talk about it now because I often feel that when I'm in it is when I'm most aware of what is going on. I also thought it was really important to talk about navigating your emotions in times of grief. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I often talk about navigating emotions and I talk about things like gratitude, love, trust and allowing and acceptance. And what I've realized is, is that it's really easy to talk about those things when life is fairly straightforward and smooth sailing. But it's another thing entirely to talk about those same feelings of gratitude, love and acceptance and allowing when you're in a deeply stressful, excruciatingly painful personal situation. 
And that's where I've been over the last few weeks. So to give you a little bit of background, my beautiful father became very ill with terrible stomach pain on the 18th of May. He was hospitalized the next day and then passed away on the 28th of May, only 10 days later. It all happened really suddenly and was a huge shock to all of us, my family and dad's many, many friends. And I have to say, to say that my dad was a bright light or is a bright light is an absolute understatement. I didn't realize how bright a light he was until he had left his body. My dad is the most incredible man and one of my role models in my life in terms of optimism, love, resilience, kindness, compassion and how it is to really live as a happy human being. He has left an incredible gap in all of our lives. And the other thing that I've realized since his passing is that he was much more than my father. He was my friend. And I think that's made this process all the harder. But I'd like to share, if, and if you want to find out more about him, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode, episode 54 of this podcast, where I interviewed Dad. Right now, I'm so grateful that I did that interview earlier this year, because we have the chance to hear his life story in a happy time. And we also hear his views on the th a lot of the things that we talk about here on this podcast in his own words. But back to today's episode. What has this journey been like? Well, at one level, absolutely devastating for me and my family. And at another level, like all terrible experiences, it's been an opportunity for me to learn. What have I learnt? Well, quite a bit so far, and I know for sure there's a lot more to come. But I thought I'd love to share with you just a few things I've learnt so far and a few observations from the journey. So the first thing is, is there's definitely a cycle of grieving. When you experience the loss of a loved one, there's, you know it's really it's time to just strap in and embrace the process of grieving. As I said earlier, there's no way up or around or over it. You just have to go through the process. There are different views on the grief process, but one I think I know for sure is that there is a process. You may have heard of Swiss-born psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She's famous for her five stages of grief model, which she tirelessly promoted throughout her life. And she identified five stages of grief as being denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Interestingly, and I'd known about this model for a long time, but interestingly, as I started to look for support in dealing with the loss of my, my dad, I came across new research by a wonderful researcher in New Zealand, Dr. Lucy Hone, who's the director of the New Zealand Institute of Wellness, Wellbeing and Resilience. Dr. Hone's work, uh, interestingly, looks at grief differently and questions the, the full validity of the five stages of grief and says instead that there's no right or wrong way to grieve, that everyone grieves differently and that is okay. And frankly, when I heard that, I really felt uplifted. I felt Dr. Hone's work was so accepting and allowing and it was along the same vein of a lot of the things that we talk about here on Your Freedom Unlimited, which most importantly is to not be victim of your circumstances. And I'm going to attach a TED Talk, Lucy's TED Talk that, uh, to this podcast blog so that you'll be able to go and listen to that, where she talks about her own experience and the importance of not falling victim to your grief. So whether it's right or wrong about the five stages of grief or however it is to, to grieve, what I, what I have learned from my mother's long dementia illness uh, over a number of years and her passing two years ago is that there is a cycle of grieving and that while we may not hit, hit every stage 
bang on in Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief, we are likely to cycle through grief a number of times. It's not a one and done event. We don't just go through it once and then it's done. What I've also found is that it's really vital to keep yourself open to a forward movement and to not be stuck in any part of your grieving process. If we bottle our grief up and we don't allow ourselves to fully feel into it, we are really are going to cause some problems for ourselves down the track. And I found that when I was in early on in the stage of my mother getting dementia, I got very angry and very upset. And for a little while, I couldn't go and see my parents because I was so upset by what was going on. But I soon realized that being stuck in that process was cutting me out of seeing my parents, but also um, stopping me from being able to look after them and, and to spend time with them. So I think with all of this is to just understand there is a cycle, there is a process and we're human and our human body has to be allowed to experience itself fully. We have to experience our emotions because if we don't and if we, if we let those emotions get stuck, that's when we become stuck. And I guess linked to that is that in this space we have to respect the process of grief. It's not something that, we can, that can be rushed through in order to get through to the other side. Once we've lost someone in our lives, our lives have changed and forever and we will still experience moments of grief later, years later. It won't be the same intensity but we'll still be missing that person. The second thing I've learned in this process is that it really is vital to spend quality time with those that you love and say what you need to say before your loved ones pass. And that's a bit of, I guess, a note for all of us for our relationships, for those people that we're, we're, with, we're with right now. So there's probably no surprises in this one, but my, my big learning from my experience with my dad was that it was really vital to spend time with those that you love. Even though work and other pursuits can seem really, really important in the moment, it's also vital to be able to spend time with the people you love because you literally can't get it back. And I am so grateful for all of the time I was able to spend with, with dad and the fact that I had said everything I needed to say to him. And the reason that I was able to do that was that nine years ago, I made a decision that I was going to drive to see my parents, mum was still alive at that time, once a week. They lived an hour and a half away from me. And so I decided to devote a day to take them out for lunch and to their appointments and, and to just hang out and to be with them. So that has helped me in the process of losing both of my parents. And I'm grateful I did create that time and did say the things that I needed to say. But I have to say in the depths of the very first acute stage of grief that I experienced in losing my dad, I felt I still hadn't done enough or said enough, which takes me to my next learning in this process. So the next learning is to stop the self-blame and regret. In the hours and weeks that follow the passing of a loved one, it is really easy to step into self-blame and regret. I know I sure did. I was thinking of all of the things that I should have done, should have said, shouldn't have done or shouldn't have said to dad and then I felt extremely guilty. It was an incredibly negative reaction, especially because I'd spent all of that time with mum and dad over the last nine years. But what I found is that I was, I was just completely caught in a cycle of self-blame and regret of thinking that I hadn't done enough. And as my dear cousin Mark, who's given me a lot of solace in these early hours and days of, of dad's passing, he said to me, just realize it's your mind just trying to come to terms with the trauma. So it's your mind just playing tricks, trying to knit things together and trying to deal with those incredible emotions of loss. 
So I was able to listen to what Mark said and I soon did see that my self-blame was distressing for those around me and I also realised that my negative energy towards myself was actually making the grief process even harder. So I have to say this is a big learning for me and one I'm still really working on in this process. But what I do now, when I do feel my mind going into that space, I know I need to be quite disciplined with myself. I need to change my focus and I need to focus on the good things and the good times that I had with dad rather than the things that I think I did or didn't do. Just as we all know happiness is a decision, so is managing our mindset in grief. The next part of this is accepting the situation for what it is. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know I often talk about accepting and allowing. And in my situation with dad, this was another real lesson in acceptance. It was sudden and it was a shock and I still at some level can't believe that he's gone. But I have really needed to accept that this was dad's time and that even though we all would have loved more time with him, this was his time. And while his illness was sudden and a shock, the way that he transitioned, he was ill for a few days in the hospital, it did allow us to say goodbye, it allowed us to say the things that we needed to say and for that I'm truly grateful. Another factor that has really allowed me to accept this situation is to understand that my dad has transitioned into eternal life. So while I talk about this a little, I'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast, I want to say now that knowing this has really assisted me with accepting his passing. The beautiful news in all of this is that I know dad is with my mother now and for that I am eternally grateful. The next thing I've learned in this process is to is to know that we are truly supported and loved and we need to remain open to receiving that support and love. While losing someone is we love is devastating, it's also a time when other people around us really want to step up and show us their love and that's certainly been my experience. And I think in great part because my dad was such a great person. He mattered to so many people and they wanted to tell me that when he passed. And I and my sister and family have received incredible family support throughout Dad's illness and passing. And the lovely phone calls, emails, letters, flowers and packages of care packages that have come from so many people have really made a difference. And all of the beautiful stories of people telling me what a great person Dad was and how much he did for them have really made a difference. I've found all of those conversations so supportive and affirming. So in this time of grieving, I just want to say that, you know, it is really important to let that support and help come in rather than push it away. Linked to that is self-care. You know, self-care is something that I talk about a lot and it's important at any time, but it really is paramount when we're experiencing grief. And self-care can really be the first thing to go when we're experiencing a loss or the imminent loss of a loved one. As soon as something like this happens, we lose sleep, we don't feel like eating, and we probably, well, certainly don't have the time to exercise as we normally would. But all of those things that support us in our daily lives are really vital when we're grieving. The week Dad was in hospital before he passed was a really important time for me to maintain basic self-care, and it was basic self-care. I wasn't in my normal routine. Um, but what I realised was that I couldn't let everything go because I needed to keep looking after myself so that I could be as supportive for my father and for my family around us. So for me, that looked like making sure that I got some sleep and that I kept eating. 
Long vigils by hospital beds are what happens in these times, but we need to make sure that we're able to do that. And for me, there was nowhere else I wanted to be. I wanted to be there with dad, but I had to make sure I supported myself to be there. And after dad passed, it took me a few days to get back into some sort of normal routine. But most important for me as ever was yoga and some quiet meditation. Now, meditation is an interesting one. Again, while it can be a really safe harbour for us when we're in, you know, straightforward, what I'd like to say, normal times, meditation can be hard when we're grieving because of the randomness and nature of our thoughts. That's those self-blaming thoughts that I was talking about earlier. But what I'm finding really useful at this time is to focus on the breath, just to do that, just breathing in and out calmly, you know, from, from breathing one to ten. The other thing that I've found really valuable is to visualize that I have a lot of love and support around me, that I do have my parents still with me, they're just through the veil, and that I have a lot of love and support around me. And that has really helped me deal with not sleeping. Now, if you are interested in meditation, you need some help in this space, I do have a How to Meditate for Beginners guide, which is completely free. So you can just um, connect with the blog associated with this podcast and you'll be able to get that guide. The seventh thing I've learned, there's a few things I've learned on this journey. So the next one I've learned is to remember and continue to be kind to yourself. So for me, being kind to myself is one of my life lessons. And I found in this experience of deep grief, it was also really vital. I just, the thing I've found more than anything is I've, I've had to be kind to myself about the level of energy that I've got at the moment and my emotional bandwidth and also my expectations of what I can get done in a day. Because let me tell you, I am not where I normally am right now. My emotional bandwidth is probably a quarter of what it normally is. I'm reacting to things I wouldn't normally react to and I'm feeling incredibly tired and low in energy. I understand these are all normal things we experience in grief but something we really need to cut ourselves slack for. The bottom line is, is right now I just can't do what I normally do. So this is about accepting myself rather than pushing myself. It's also about not doing too much. I have had to take quite a few things off my to-do list and say no rather than yes to some, some things. And I'm not even also having to put off doing phone calls from friends who've called to see how I am because I'm just not able to do it in the moment. So this is about being kind to ourselves in this moment and, yes, cutting ourselves from slack. The other thing that I've learned or really, I guess, have remembered in this time is to remember that we are eternal. While I've always believed we are eternal, Dad's passing has reinforced my belief in this. In this. He's really let me feel his presence with him since his past and he's shown me signs just as my mum did. So for me, this is a belief that I take real comfort from. I have literally felt dad's presence around me and I've felt that he's really happy to be released into the next life. So I guess this is a belief for me that I take comfort from and that I think that from whatever perspective we have, be it Christian, Muslim, Hindu or any other spiritual tradition, there is so much belief around eternal life and there's also a lot of literature in terms of um, past life regressions and channeling and near-death experiences that now documents that we do go on. And to be frank, this is such a blessing for those of us left behind. For me, the beautiful truth is, is that our soul continues and that we will see our loved ones again. And that is so powerful. I also feel so grateful and happy that my parents are reunited. In our last conversation, Dad told me how much he was missing Mum. So it's wonderful for me to know that they're back together. 
If you're interested to learn more about this, I'd love to direct you to a couple of other beautiful podcasts that I listen to and that have really helped me through these through these times. And they are Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman and Irene Weinberg's Grief and Rebirth. Both of these podcasts share incredibly uplifting stories of hope and deal with grief. Irene Weinberg's also written a beautiful book called They Serve Bagels in Heaven and it was it's a, it is a great book and it really has buoyed me up in the days following Dad's passing. The other thing I've learned in this time is to remember that we can I can choose my grief story. It's all up to me that the perspective that I choose. So this has been a really big realization and a really good reinforcement of those things again that I think about in the good times that I can bring across to these more difficult times. So I can choose how I respond and the story that I want to tell about my loss of my dad. In the acute stages of grief, it was hard and I wasn't in that space. But after a couple of weeks, or whenever you feel you come out of that first terrible time, you can start to navigate things more consciously. And what that means is we can start to choose our perspective on the situation. So for me, this looks like not being a victim to the grief. From all of my work and study, I know I consciously can write the script for any situation. So the question is, do I become a victim to the grief or do I just journey along with it? And I, I, this, what I realise is, is a very clear choice. If we cast ourselves as a victim of grief, we, we, we reduce our power. But if we see ourselves as a leader of our life, journeying through grief, making conscious choices, that will really help ease our path and help us to continue forward. So for me, journeying along with the grief has been the answer. In this story, I don't need to throw myself into a victim trap or under the grief bus, but I do need to allow my human body to do what it needs to do to fully experience the grief journey. I'm not suggesting now for a minute that we manage grief like we would manage a project with a Gantt chart. What I'm talking about here is about fully accepting the journey of grief and being on it. Early on when my dad passed, I was feeling abandoned, but I soon realised that the feeling of abandonment would lead to a cascade of other negative emotions that would really bring me undone, just as much as if I'd stayed in that self-blame and guilt space that I talked about earlier. Neither space is good for my goal. So now I really see that I'm journeying along with my grief. It's as if we're in a car together. Sometimes when I'm feeling really sad, the grief is on the windscreen obscuring my view. At other times when I'm feeling a little better, but I'm still feeling flat and low energy, it's like my grief is sitting in the passenger seat beside me. And for right now, that feels okay. I'm still driving the car. I'm still journeying forward and moving forward. I might not be moving forward as I usually do, but at least I can see the road ahead. So the key for me has to be, is to be okay with grief in that passenger seat and to be gentle on us both as I keep journeying forward. The final thing that I've learned is to allow myself moments of joy, escapism and to get back to a normal routine. Part of writing this grief story that I spoke about or writing our own grief story is to allow ourselves moments of escapism and normality. While, I've, as I've said, we need to fully experience our emotions, it's extremely tiring and exhausting to be in them 24-7. In fact, it's really not possible. So in the hospital, my sister and I did find ourselves making some lighter-hearted comments just to deal with what was going on around us because it was just too sad in that moment. And we also gave ourselves an hour off every night after being in the hospital, watching just one episode of the wonderfully escapist Bridgerton on Netflix. And what we found was just giving ourselves that little break, that little time out where we weren't thinking about the, the terrible thing that was going on. It allowed us to actually be in a better space to, to help and support our dad as we needed to. 
And since dad's passing, I have also found getting back to a routine to be valuable. As I said earlier, it can't be the way that it normally is, but it has been useful for me to get back to routine. And it might seem hard when to go back to normal life when the person that we've lost is no longer with us, but we are still living and we need to keep going. The other interesting thing that I've found as I've been going through this process is that apparently from a neuroscientific perspective, routine is very valuable in recovering from grief because it tells the human body that we're out of that fight or flight mode that we might be in when we're in the acute grieving stage. So that's again why routine is really, really valuable. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. I'm still in the early stages of this with my dad. There's no doubt about that. However, I wanted to share with you where I was at and some resources that I've found really helpful. Grief is something we don't often like to talk about and it's something we can be fearful of. And what that means is we often don't look into it and we often don't think about it until it's right there in our face. So I just wanted to share this with you today as a resource for you if you or loved ones ever need it. A book I really want to recommend for you in this space is Dr. Lucy Hone's Resilient Grieving. Given her experience in resilience and the loss of her own daughter, um, Lucy really knows what she's talking about and she's done some incredible research into grieving, which I think makes this book a must read. To get it, give you a sense of Lucy and her work, you can also watch her TED Talk, which I've attached to the blog that's associated with this podcast. So I just want to really encourage you to have a look at those two resources because they really will help you if you're on this journey. So I want to say thank you so much for your time and please take great care until we speak again. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Your Freedom Unlimited. If you like this show, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate and review Your Freedom Unlimited on your favourite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments or feedback, you can reach me directly at jenramsey.com. Thanks for listening.